that we don't have to fight our own battle, that he fights our battles for us. Amen? You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. God is so good. We're so good. So glad to see each and every one of you here today. So glad that you showed up. Like, like, just like uh, Craig said, that uh, Moses didn't let the water stop him. Neither did Noah. Right? And so neither did you today. So thank you so much. We've been having a couple of issues on Facebook, but, but I think we've got it back up. And if not, if those of you that are still watching, you can go to the YouTube channel and uh, look up Kingdom Impact Wilmington, and we'll be there as well. That might help you a little bit. So, um, happy Valentine's coming up, right? So excited about that. Please, we, we do have about six, about eight more spots left. Please sign up because we've already prepaid for those spots and we need to fill those up so we don't lose money. So please um, do that or invite somebody to come with you um, to, to be there. Even if you're just a couple dating, that's okay as well. So, but we're excited about that. We're excited about tonight. Come tonight, man. We got, we got, we got wings and we got some chili and we got some... Chips and dip and some sushi tonight. Football. And wear your Dallas Cowboy jerseys and let's have a good time. Uh, if you don't like football, come. Come eat with us. Have a good time. We'll have some tables set up and either in here or and or in the back. Um, but you can just come and we'll play some board games and stuff like that. It's going to be fun. Um, just come and be. It's just a time for us to get together um, and really en enjoy ourselves and support um, Really support Daryl because he likes the Eagles. So we're going to support him and, and pull for his team. So, uh, except for when they're playing against Dallas, right? So, but anyway, so we're going to talk today about obedient love. I, I, was, I really felt led after last week to preach on obedience this week. And then in the middle of the week, I realized, oh, wait a second, Tuesday's Valentine's. I need to preach on love. So I switched it and I started studying a love message, and man, it just wasn't good. It just didn't like it. Uh, it just wasn't feeling it. And I was like, God, what's happening? He's like, you switched. You weren't obedient. I told you to preach on obedience. And I was like, but but it's about love. He's like, what's my scripture say? You know, if you love me, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll obey me, right? And so that, that's what we got to understand. Is, and I think I got this picture of someone. If you really love me, an Amplified Version, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. So obedience is love. So this is really a perfect message for today. So I went back to my obedience message and, and started really fleshing that out. Um, and so I don't know how you look at obedience, though. You know, you know, because in marriages, you know, you don't own me, you know, this kind of stuff like that. And so nobody will you know, that in, in a marriage situation... You know, it's a little bit different. You submit to one another. You don't obey one another, right? And so we, you submit to one another. But when it comes to God, um, obedience is key to showing our love for Him. You know, but, but obedience should be something exciting for us to do. It should be something that, that is not a burden to do. It should be something that's not an obligation or something that we have to do, but it should be something that we get to do, that we want to do. Because when you really realize that obedience is showing your love to God, all of a sudden we should want to do that. It, it, obedience is, should be an exciting journey for us. When we obey God, it should be like, you know, whenever one of your friends or your spouse blindfolds you and says, I got a surprise for you, and you don't know where you're going, and you get there, and then you pull off the, the blindfolds, and then boom, you're there, and you're just so excited. 
That's what obedience is like. We, we, we blindly follow God and say, God, I just trust you. I'm going to put this blindfold on, and I, when we get there, you're going to reveal to me what it is, and I'm just going to obey you. You know, so if you truly want to, to get and know the will of God, obedience is the only way to get there. You are not going to find the will of God in your life and where God wants you, where he's leading you, unless you obey. It's just not going to happen because trust and obey, there is no other way, right? And through small acts of obedience, we get the big rewards. We, we somehow think that we're going to obey God one time, and then all of a sudden something really massive is going to happen. You know, but if you look at the story, the story where Peter, um, you know, cast out on the other side, and he caught so many fish that his net broke, right? And then he even had to call other people over to network with him. <laughs> anyway, um, but they were networking, right? But they were working on the net. So anyway, but but they had to call other people over there. That that, that wasn't didn't happen just because he cast on the other side. It did eventually, but it all started all the way back whenever Jesus was on the shore and said, I've got too many people here to preach to. They can't hear me all. So um, what I need to do is, Peter, I need to borrow your boat. Can I borrow your boat? And can we get in the boat and cast out a little ways? You're right? And so that's where it all, it all starts with the beginning, with the small things. And you, 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 do, you, you obey God in the small things, and then the bigger rewards will come. And so you may think, what, I just obeyed God, it was just this or that or the other, or something kind of small and insignificant to you, but to God, it's all about the obedience part. For you, it's just, well, it's just something small, but God's like, but you obeyed me, you did what I asked you to do. Obedience is such a, a cuss word to, to Christians a lot of times, even with God, and, and it's really not, it's really a great word, again, to show how much that we care and how much that we love God. It's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, we don't know... We don't know what God in, in holds for us until we obey Him. Because our reward, our blessing, is on the other side of obedience. And you don't know what it is until you obey. But see, we as Christians, we want all the benefits, but we don't want to have to obey. We don't want to have to do what God's called us to do and obey Him and listen to Him. We just want the benefits of, of being a Christian, right? It's kind of like a lost key. You know how you have a lost key, you can't find it, and then you pray about it, and all of a sudden you find out it was sitting right there the whole time, right in front of you, right? That's what obedience is like. It, you know, you know, matter of fact, as a child, did you ever sweep the kitchen, and then your mom says, okay, I got to sweep it again? You're like, Mom, I just swept the kitchen. I swept it. Why are, you, why, are you, why are you coming on me like that? You know, there's no reason to sweep it again. And then Mom sweeps it, and there's a big pile of dirt there that you missed. Look at all you missed. See, that's how God is with obedience. Look at all you missed because you didn't obey me. There's a lot that we miss when we don't obey God. Obey and obedience to God is a great, a great word for us to have. You know, and, and the way to know if someone is being obedient or not is, is success. If, if things are going good in their life, then, then, then they're gonna, then they're gonna be successful in life. Then you'll know that that person or persons are being obedient to God. If someone's always going through a hard time, if someone's always having, matter of fact, you, somebody might say, "I read my Bible and I pray and I go to church every Sunday," but man, in my life, I just don't have the blessings that y'all do. Well, there's probably a situation in their life that if you sat down and talked to them long enough, you'll find out they're not being obedient in some way. There's something. There's some part of their life that they're not being obedient in. And once they become obedient, all of a sudden the blessings will flow. 
You know, you know, just for instance, like last week, we had such an incredible altar service in the very middle of service. And I was just, just praying, and, and I was sitting there, and, and, when, and when God spoke and said, you know, we need to have an altar call right now. I could have came up and exhorted you a little bit, praise God, praise God, like I did today, and continued on. But if we would have continued on and then had an altar call at the end, I'm certain that it wouldn't turn out the same way as it did, except for God. I mean, God could do anything. Okay, but what I'm saying was, but because of my obedience, and I said, okay, we're not worried about, you know, two points and a three points and a poem and going through just what we always do. God's trying to shake things up. We're going to have a message right now in the middle. And because of that, look what happened. Okay, that just that one little act of obedience is all it took. And so that's why obedience is so important. Our life will change drastically if we start being obedient in the smaller things, and then God starts asking us bigger things to do. You know, Noah, and um, I want you to know that you'll never, first off, you'll never be disappointed if you obey. There's no time ever in your Christian walk with God that you are going to, that you are going to um, uh, be disappointed when you obey God. Noah, in chapter 6 of Genesis, the first eight verses of, of chapter 6 in Genesis talks about how bad things were, how there was just lawlessness and, and, and angels came down, you know, with, with women, and it was, just, it was just a hot mess. And the thing is, is we're in Genesis Six, you find out about Noah. But Genesis 1, only five chapters earlier, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, and, and all this stuff. And on the sixth day, and after he finished, he said, it is good. And then just like not long after that, well, it probably is a long time, you know, as far as time goes. But chapters-wise, it's not a very long time. And all of a sudden, he's like, it's not good no more. And i got to mess things up. There's been no rain. No, they the, the word rain didn't even exist. There was no rain. They, they, all the plants and the trees and everything got got watered from the ground up. The water came from up under the ground. That's how things got um, how grew. But there was no water. There was no nothing. And and um, and the, and he said, build an ark. They're on dry ground. I, I preached a whole message on this about how far the nearest ocean were. The water was away. And so there was no, it was dry ground. There was no rain. And he said, build an ark. And Moses did that. Noah was blameless and upright, Scripture says. He was blameless, upright. He didn't really do no wrong. <clears throat> and but, but here's the thing is, is the reason Noah was the one God chose, because everybody else was corrupt. Noah was the one that had the gumption and the guts to say no. Noah is the one who said, you know what? I don't care if I'm popular or not. I've got to do what God says to do. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you agree with what I'm doing. I don't care what your philosophy is on this. God spoke to me, and I know that I know that he did, and I'm not changing my mind. Peer pressure didn't bother Noah. Noah did what he did, and we need more Christians like Noah that would say, I'm going to do what I'm called to do. And if you don't like it, you know, Noah had the, the ability, just because it was popular to do this certain thing, that he didn't do that. Everybody else was doing stuff they shouldn't do, but Noah said, that's not for me. And it seems like he was one of the only ones that was doing that. And so we need to do that as well. And God chose Noah. And because God, Noah obeyed God, God saved his whole family, right? Um, it started with one act of obedience, and he wasn't worried about anything um, about, about that because there, he was respectable. And, the, and today, we don't have a whole lot of uh, respect for Christianity. Christianity is not respectable anymore like it should be. Because of the fact that we have a lot of unrespectable Christians. 
people who say I'm a Christian but don't live like a Christian and spoil the name of God of who we, who we are. They say I'm a Christian. Like I said a while ago, they want all the benefits of being a Christian but they don't want to obey. They, want, they don't want to read the Bible. They don't want to pray. They don't want to come to church and pray. They don't want to do these things. And the thing is, is, is we go on and, and, and because of that and because there's hypocrites and all this kind of stuff, we've got a bad rap now and, and, and we're trying to come out of it, right? But, but, but God, you know, there's a movement going across America and there, there's revival happening everywhere in Ashbury and the, the, that, that, that college there and, and over across town. The Methodist churches had a three-day revival, man, a four-day revival, and it was incredible. I saw I wanted to go and try to, to be with them, and I couldn't. But, 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 you know, God's really been moving in such a massive, powerful way here. God is doing something special, and I believe it's going to be like, a, I, I told somebody the other day, I thought it might be like a little Gideon revival. And they're like, well, what is a Gideon revival? I was like, well, big churches have revival all the time, right? Because they have a lot of people there, and there's a lot of a lot of things going, and a lot of people are, are focused on God, and they have that. But but small, but this is going to be a Gideon revival where God says, you know, when Gideon came and he had 300,000 men, and he's like, no, that's too many, that's too many. Go down to 100,000, 10,000, all the way down to 300 warriors to fight against a whole army, you know. And so I believe that God's going to take us smaller churches, and He's going to raise up revival from the bottom up, you know. And I, I believe that there's a lot of, I've heard over at, at Second Mile that, that, you know, my friend Adam over there, different churches in town, that is, God's really blessing another church plant down the road and, has, and is having revival. And man, it's just so good that God is using the smaller churches to raise up revival from the bottom up. And I'm excited about that, about what God really wants to do. And we're going to be obedient to God, you know. But, here, but the problem is, is so many Christians have made it disrespectful because a lot of Christians preach this sexy Jesus. You know, and I had a, I read a book on that a long time ago, and I don't think I've ever preached it here, but I did a message on it. It's called Sexy Jesus. It's where we make Jesus so sexy and so good where it don't matter what you do. It don't matter about sin. It don't matter anything. You, you, you can come. There's no boundaries. There's, there's, no, there's no worries. You just come, accept them, and you're in like plan. It don't matter how you act, how you treat, how you do, how you love. It don't matter about anything. You just come, right? Now, of course, that's how we come, but once we come and we get saved, then there, there, there's some changes that need to be made, right? But a lot of people act like, no, you just come, you don't worry about anything. You just come and you, you just sign up and you're there. You know, there's nothing to it. You know, but the thing is, is I'd rather serve not a sexy Jesus, but I'd rather serve a God that's on the cross, that died for my sins, that rough and rugged Jesus, right? You know, the problem comes when you're not, when you're not walking in Christ and you call yourselves a Christian because when you're walking with Christ, you don't mind being obedient. If you have someone that is having a problem with the obedience of Christ, then they're probably not walking with Christ or not walking with Christ the way they should. They're in a black backslidden state because it shouldn't be a problem at all for any of us to, 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 to obey God who are walking with Him. And you may not understand it. You may not have all the answers. It may be that blind faith we talked about a while ago. But you're just obedient. You're saying, God, listen... I'm just going to be obedient to you. The outcome is up to you. Now, the outcome is not always easy. Obedience does not mean easy. Obedience does not mean that you obey me and you're just going to just glide right, right on into your next part of your life. Sometimes obedience is rough. You obey God because, you know, you know what Adam did. It was, it was a long time for him building that, that, that thing. And people came up, they fussed and cussed at him and mocked him and laughed at him. And he went on and went on and went on, you know. And so Noah was, was that person. 
But Noah's family was saved because of his obedience. As a matter of fact, Genesis 28:18 it says, and, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Because he obeyed him, his whole family was your obedience affects your family, your personal family and the family of God. It, it affects all of us. And when you don't un understand it, just say, God, I'm just trusting you. The problem today is that God is, is not that God is not speaking to us, it's that we're not listening to him. He's speaking. He's given direction. You know, you know, as a parent, you know, I would often wonder whenever I had whenever I had smaller kids and and I was like, they were like, why, Dad? Why, why, Mom? You know, and I'm like, look, we love you. We cared for you. Your mom cared you for nine months and birthed you. You know, I've done all this for you. I, I, I know what's best. I have discernment. I have wisdom. I have knowledge, understanding that you don't have. And just because, you know, you, and I know that this is the wrong type, that this is the wrong person for you to hang out with. This is the wrong scenario for you to be in. This is a bad decision. And I know I've been through it. I have all this wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Right? And, and I, you, you're like, just obey, just do what I say, do because I said so. Because they just don't get it. They don't get the understanding, right? Well, I feel like God does the same thing to us. He's like, why don't you just obey me? How much more do I have to prove to you that I love you? I died for you on the cross. I've done all this stuff for you. I've never let you down. I've never left you. And I've never forsaken you. I've died for you on the cross I, for, for all your sins. Or you're you're going to spend eternity in heaven with me. I've already promised you the future. All I'm asking you to do is do what I ask you to do. And I don't ask big things from you. I'm just asking for you to do these small things, and then we'll get to the bigger things the more you learn to trust me. But instead of simply obeying his commandments, we just keep asking all kinds of sorts of questions. You know how to go, yeah, but, but, but mom, but dad, but, but, right? And we do the same thing with God. But God, but listen, but how about, but how come, but why? And he's just like, because I said so. You know, you just, you know, just yeah, I'm, not, I'm done with you. Just because I said so. That's when you know God and your parents are done. When they say, because I said so. That means they've already explained it 40 times to you, and you didn't get it. So now, it's just going to be the command, because I said so. But we do God the same way. You know, why should I tithe? Why should I be faithful to my family? Why should I have to go to church every Sunday? Why should I try to go to church in the rain? Why, why, should, I, why should I give? Why should I serve? Why should I, I, I do all these things? Why should I be a part? You know, why should I read my Bible? Why should I pray? And God's like, because if you're just obedient, you'll understand everything. We need to be branded by obedience. It needs to be branded on our heart that we will obey you, Lord, no matter how hard it gets and what's going on. I want to read to you one of the greatest acts of obedience in the Word of God, that is that, that if it was near you, uh, we probably wouldn't have been obedient to it. And it's Acts, Acts chapter 20, verses 17 to 24. But when we landed at Miletus... He sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus asking them to come and meet him. He wanted the elders to come to him because he wanted to be close to Jerusalem for Passover so he could go back. So when they, when they arrived, and declared, he declared, you know that from the day I set foot in Providence of Asia until now that, excuse me, that I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured trials that came to me. Paul's saying, look, I've cried. I've endured some stuff, man. I've been through it. You know, I've cried. I've, I've wailed out to God. and You know, but I've been obedient to God. I've been tested. I've been tried. Tried by fire, but I still trusted God. There hadn't been no, no, you know, you know, uh, honey, honeymoons and, and rainbows in, in the skies. And no hammocks by the shade. It's been tough for me. 
He said, but I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. That's super important. He said, I just didn't tell you what you wanted to hear just so you can just get along and be okay and like me and I can be popular to you and I can tell you what you want to hear because there's a lot of stuff that you wanted to hear that I told you. Sometimes I had to go to your house and tell you in privately. Private, he said. Sometimes I went to your home and had to listen. We didn't have a conversation. You're not living right. You're not doing right. You know, that's tough. You know, but God's called us to do it. You know, I understand that because me up here, you know, sometimes I'll, I, I'll, get, I'll get emails or I'll get conversations. Oh, pastor, man, you blessed me today. That was incredible. That was for me. And then other times I'm like, well, you know, I don't believe that. You know, I, what, are you, what were you talking about about this? Were you talking to me? I'm like, I don't know your personal life. I don't know all that private stuff. You know, but sometimes the word of God cuts as it comes and goes. And sometimes it's good and it's milk and honey. And sometimes it's rough and rugged to you, right? You know, and we need both of those. You know, I love when the Word of God really, really uh, 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 touches me in a powerful way and, and, and challenges me. Because the truth will set you free. It's not my job to stand up here and preach all honey-gooey, lovey stuff to you. It's my job up here to teach you the truth. And what you do with that is between you and God. But i got to do that. And so then he goes on in verse 21. He says, I have had one message for the Jews and the Greeks alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having the faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in the city after city, that city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. So he says, you know what? I've told everybody the same thing. Jew, Greek, Gentile, it doesn't matter who you were. I've preached the same thing that you got to repent of your sins. That's the bottom line. You repent of your sins and turn to God and have faith in Jesus. And I'm bound by the Spirit in that. But then he said, but God's told me ahead of time that I'm everywhere I go, I'm going to end up in jail and suffering. You know, my next statement was, you know what? But I really think it was a dream, so I ain't going. That's, that's what I would have said, right? You know, God told me I'm going to have suffering and all this hardship, you know, but I think I was just dreaming. I don't know what it was. It wasn't really God. You know, it was pizza, late night, yeah, late night pizza, yeah. You know, but that's how we would have done, right? Because we, you know, if God tells you that you're going, I, I can't be Paul. I couldn't be Paul. Because if God told me that I'm going to have hardship and it's going to be hard, I'd be like, ooh, that's, 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 it's tough to take that next step knowing that, right? You know, but he did. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm bound to it and I got to go. But he said, Here, here's what he says. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it to finish the work assigned to me by Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about his wonderful grace. What a powerful statement. I must be obedient. I know it's going to be hard, but by the hardships that I go through, Christ will be exalted. By the hard times that I go through, other people will be set free. By me putting, be, being temporarily be put in, in chains and, and being bound, other people, chains will be broken. Because he's a chain breaker. And I know he will eventually break the chains in my life as well. Obedience is a choice. It's a choice that says, God, I trust you. And it's time that we become more obedient to him. Number one, I only got two points here and we'll be done. I will trust even when I don't know what will happen. See, Abraham was obedient when he had to offer his son up as a sacrifice. He had to walk up there with his son, and his son says, Dad, there ain't no wood. 
What, how are you going to burn up a sacrifice? There ain't no wood. What, what are we going to do? And he's like, God will provide a sacrifice. He trusts God so much that he was willing to, to sacrifice his own son. What kind of trust is that? Paul's talking about hardship and, 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 and pain and, and a little bit of suffering and, and jail time. Abraham was talking about losing his son, Isaac. But he trusted God and said, God, you're either going to raise him from the dead or you're going to provide a lamb. You're going to do something. I know. I just trust you. I know you're going to work it out for my good, and I don't know how. He trusted God that much that whenever he was having to sacrifice his son, he went through all the way up to where he had the knife in the air. But he saw the ram in the thicket. And the ram was the lamb of God, right? Symbolizing the lamb of God being a sacrifice for us. Praise God for that. He was obedient. Nahum um, was told Nahum was told by Elisha to go dip seven times in the river where he could be healed. And he went and he dipped, he was obedient and dipped seven times. If he would have dipped six times and walked away, he would have never gotten healed. Why? Because he disobeyed. And you'll never be blessed past your last act of disobedience. Somebody today might need to go back and be obedient in an area that you were disobedient in. And that's what God's waiting for. You were obedient in other areas, but there's one place in your life that you were disobedient. And God's wanting to be obedient. Number two, I will follow even though things don't go my way. We've got to get to the place where we say, God, your will, not my will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. It's not necessarily going to go my way all the time. There's going to be some hardships. I'm not going to really agree even, God. Sometimes I'm not even going to agree with you. Sometimes I'm not going to like what happens. But I know that you have my best at hand, that you care for me and you love me. You have a plan, and you're doing things that I don't understand. I don't want to do this, God. My, my, my parents, my family, my friends, my you know, my, my whatever, the, the church, we're, we're going in a direction that I didn't think that we were going to go, and I don't understand this. But God, I'm just going to trust you, and I'm going to go with it, and we're going to see what happens. I, even though it's not my, my way, I know that you are in control, and I submit to that. See, Deuteronomy 28, if you want to know about the blessings and curses of God, especially in, in the Torah and the Old Testament, go to Deuteronomy 28. There's 14 verses about the blessings of God. Okay, if you're, it says if you obey God, there's 14 blessings. You know, it talks. I, I mentioned a lot of it. So I'm not here. I'll say you're the head, not the tail. You above, not beneath. You're, you'll be blessed going in, blessed coming out. You know, going in, coming out. All that's from Deuteronomy 28. And there's 14 verses that talk. 14 verses that talks about you'll be blessed if you do this, obey God. Okay, but there's 54 verses for the disobedience. And I'm not even. I'm not even going to bring those up. And there's 68 curses in those verses that talks about if you disobey God, there's 68 different curses that can come on you. That was to, to the old Torah, to, you know, to the to, um, back in and that, the, that day of, of 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 all that. Jeremiah 20, I mean, 7 and 23. But I gave them this command: Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in all the ways I command you, and it will go well. It, that it may go well with you. You want it to go well? Obey God. Titus 1.16. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. We talked about this a while ago. Those Christians that are causing disrespect to the name, being a Christian in Christianity. It says they are detestable 
disobedient and unfit for doing anything good. And finally, um, Numbers 20, 1 through 13. I'm only going to read one verse of it. God was speaking to Moses. He says, because you did not trust me enough and obey me, you will not lead them, the Israelites, into the promised land. He was tired of doing what God said. He's like, you know what? God said, God said, speak to the rock, and he struck the rock, and God's like, that's not what I told you to do. And it caused a catastrophe, right? And, you know, because of that disobedience, he was not able to enter into the promised land. Obedience is an act of worship. It proves our love for God. It demonstrates our faith. Obedience is better than a sacrifice, Scripture says. And it will lead to blessings and blessings upon blessings. I want to tell you today, partial obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. If I, if I told, told my, my kids, you know, I need to go clean your room, clean your room, they went and they picked up a few things, they cleaned up half of it, but the other half was still messy. Well, they didn't obey me, right? They just halfway did it. That's not what I ask you to do. And when God asks us to do something and we don't do it, we only do it partially, then he's like, that's, that's not what I said. You didn't, you didn't get it. Obedience needs to stop being a cuss word to Christians. We need to say, God, I will obey. Yes, is it, but, but pastor, it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm with you. But we have to do it. We have to obey God. We have to trust God. And you need to start trusting him in the small things and start being obedient in the small things. And then the bigger things will open up to you. The rewards of heaven will open up to you whenever you are obedient in the small things. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? Hallelujah. Is there anybody here today who would say, Pastor Doug, I, I want to see Christ today. I don't know Jesus. I need, I need to be obedient and ask for Christ in my heart and forgive me of my sins. Maybe you're here or maybe you're online watching. You want to ask God to forgive you your sins and be obedient unto salvation. Anybody else? Who would say, Pastor Doug, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty obedient, maybe partially obedient in some ways, but I'm, I'm probably not obedient as I should be. Will you just pray for me, Pastor, that, that I will be more obedient to God and move quicker to be obedient to God? Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. I think we all can raise our hand there and say, God, I, I, I'm trying to be obedient, but... And even if you are, even if you feel that you are obedient to God in every way, then your prayer should be, you know, God, I'm trying to be obedient in everything you tell me to do. But help me to be quicker obedient. Because sometimes we miss the moment. God's like, you know what? It could have been a whole lot better, but you waited so long... Half the blessings have already passed. We don't, want to, we don't want to miss any of the blessings of God. So God, help us as a, as a congregation, as a people, Father, to be more obedient quicker to you. To hear your voice, first off. Help us to be sensitive. You said in your word that, that your sheep know your voice. Help us. We are your sheep. Help us to know your voice. Help us to be obedient to you. Lord, even when we don't understand. And Lord, most of all, even when we don't agree. Help us in those moments to check our hearts to know that we're not God. 
And it doesn't matter if we agree or not. We don't know what's best. Father knows best. Literally. Yahweh. Yeshua. And God, we thank you for that. So as we leave here today, help us, Lord, to make a covenant with ourselves and a covenant with you to be more obedient to you, Father, as we walk and talk with you. Help us to be still and know you are God. It's like the song, Father, you defended us. And it says, as you're defending us, all we did was just stay still. All we did was worship. All we did was bow down. Help us to be still, Father, and know that you are God. Be obedient to what you tell us to do. And walk in the favor of the King. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you. You're a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God. Thank you for coming today. Be careful on your way out. If you if you parked over here, you